0: all right welcome back so this is uh, the podcast three from our season three in the series machine learning and ai applications in this podcast today we'll be focusing on the ai project flow in the context of enterprise applications today i have invited a couple of guests from sap who have a lot of experience in working on different ai projects in the enterprise customer space. So in today's conversation, the focus is more on the various stages that are involved in a AI project flow starting from the ideation of a use case and then going into the validation of the scenario or the use case and what are the things that are needed and the productization and operations and deployment. Uh, so we will discuss a few things around these various different stages we also talk about the different data science tools that are needed that can be leveraged as part of the ai project flow so sit back relax and enjoy the conversation and as always you'll find more details at the end of the podcast All right, uh, welcome back, this is uh, Raghu Banda. And today we are doing uh, session three in our season three. And today the focus is on um, the AI project flow in the context of uh, building these machine learning applications and uh, implementing them at the different customers or in the enterprise space. So I got today two guests from SAP, Andreas Kerger and Daniel Redstadt so i would uh, first go over to you andreas andreas can you give a quick introduction
1: yeah thank you thank you Abu, um, for having the chance to be here in that session my name is andreas kerger i am heading a machine learning team and we are focused on ai machine learning and process automation and do that with our customers
0: thank you andreas over to you daniel could you also provide a brief uh, background
2: Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I I, Dino this is is my name. I work as a consultant in the Andreas team. And I joined SAP in in 2015 and almost since then I'm working on machine learning projects.
0: Thank you, Daniel. Okay. All right. So let's get started. Uh, Like I always do, uh, I just start with uh, some kind of a teaser question when I get into these uh, podcast Mm -hmm. conversations or podcast uh, sessions. So... Over to you, uh, Andreas. Um, Could you provide some kind of a real world experience uh, from your um, real world experience? It can be a personal experience or a professional experience where you thought like in the past we were doing some kind of task, but now with or without knowing, we kind of of acquaint ourselves with what we are doing and how machine learning is helping us out. Maybe some kind of thoughts around that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, one one example I really enjoy and using a lot, I think a lot of you do the same, that is really um, using automatic uh, language translation, right? So if I think back, and if you remember in some very old times when we looked up the words in our dictionaries and then do the translation via manual work, I don't think that anybody does this um, today in, in, in normal life, right? What you do is you use your tools on your mobile phone, on your web page, that you get a real good translation and was years before yeah simply not nothing that could be thought as reachable right and if you look at as as it is today it's really frequently used high quality and by the way i'm also very impressed what i saw um, with the translation hub that we are using and developed at sap Um, so to support multi-language applications yeah it's really fantastic and it's something i'm using a lot and Daily live, I would say, right?
0: Thank you. I think that's a great example, uh, Andreas. And uh, over to Daniel. Uh, could you also provide some kind of a real world experience that you might have had?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we have the tool Unified Ticketing. So you you open the ticket for some issue. You write the um, issue or the, the the problem, and by writing down the problem, it automatically proposes the correct category. Um, I mean, so b- before you had to figure out what the proper category is. So is it IT problem related to I don't know Microsoft Teams, for example, or was it an HR ticket, or maybe your expense rocket record was, is wrong or something? And then you got a notification the like it was updated, and it's usually just it was re-rolled that the category was wrong, or, or <laughs> so it saves a lot of time and and effort, and it's very convenient, and it's 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 such mm-hmm. a small fix, um, but it it I think it improves a lot already, and. A second example, if I may, are recommender systems in general. I think, I mean, you you know them from from online shopping, from from streaming services, video music. Um, just proposing things that are similar, I think, are also a great way to to look through or are guided through huge content, which is otherwise, um, yeah, too too large to to view it like for one person, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Wonderful. I think. Um... Yeah, these are great examples and we don't even realize that we are now so much accustomed to using these that we kind of forget that there is a lot of machine learning behind all of these things that we are doing in a normal and a daily life. Uh, So what I would do, I'll take a quick uh, break and then maybe we come back and then uh, continue our conversation. Okay, welcome back. So let us now get into the meet up our conversation today, the topic of AI project flow while uh, building and uh, deploying uh, machine learning projects. So over to you, Andreas, um, could you provide some thoughts or provide some big picture overview about all these different kinds of AI projects that you are, or your teams are involved in? Because you come mm-hmm. with a lot of this customer experience, working with all these different enterprise customers.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a few aspects I think that are at least worth to mention, right? That are typical for, for many AI projects are that we, we try to, to provide and discuss with our customers. And I mean, one thing um, that is at the very beginning is the kind of the what is the value proposition in the end, what, you, what we would like and what the customer would achieve. So that we are clear um, what is the overall goal, but also what is the overall question that you would like to solve and handle with machine learning. So that this is um, Goal setting is clear. That the um, value proposition is clear. That we can achieve with machine learning. That is an important aspect besides all the technical parts that we discuss at the very beginning. Also, who are the stakeholders in such a process? Who is um, impacted by by a machine learning uh, process? Right. So um, that is something that we are um, going to discuss at the very be- first beginning of a project. And um, one conclusion one um, outcome of this is also typically that uh, it's then a chance to set the expectation right so that what can be achieved um, what will be the result and so on so that is one one important aspect the other important aspect that we're going to set at the beginning is that we um, have to be clear to some extent that a machine learning, machine learning project is also delivered in an agile mode right you define your various phases you are clear ones with the um, with the overall goal setting and and then you define what are the kind of um, steps experiments training cycles what would should and could be achieved by by each cycle and will then be discussed um, with the with the customer so this is an a child approach it's not kind of a waterfall thing nothing that you can do um, we step in, do some magic and then the customer returns and everything is done that is not um, how such a project um, should be set up and we, we avoid and we do not uh, work in that mode and that i would also say um, works very well with customers they understand this and um, but sometimes it's just kind of a preparation for all of that another thing um, that we saw that is important is that we are transparent in the things that we are doing. So explaining why we are doing a specific experiment, a specific cycle, what are we going to do with the data? um, What we think could be improved by that so that we are clear with the customer explaining this is the step this is what we are doing cleaning data what we are replacing in terms of feature whatever and then uh, go into such a a cycle and then check the results and also discuss how many such um, approaches should be um, planned etc so this is something we saw that is also very important and key that we are transparent about that and the other is um, also make clear that we are not um, yeah that, that we do not start from zero we have prepared things, prepared offerings that guides customers also along the the, the road, right? So um, now we have, for example, if we speak about um, AI embedded in S4, we have various service offerings. Uh, we start with an explore service for S4 embedded content to create and prepare an awareness for customers, what is there, what is possible, and also generate out of that kind of an a uh, an uh, innovation roadmap, then which then marks those um, scenarios that the customer would like to implement. This is then handed over to the implementation team, going to do uh, the quick start service in the end for these um, implementation of the intelligent um, services in S4, right? So being transparent, but also make clear that um, we do not start from zero, we have some prepared um, processes, some prepared methodologies in order to guide our customers and make that thing in the end successful um, that is um, also something that we um, provide and also discuss um, with our customers which is typically used in, in such a in such an environment
0: okay wonderful I think uh, that's a very good overview about the different steps that are involved here uh in the process of an AI step I think building on top of that I think uh, Daniel could you uh, help identify the different basic steps that are involved in an AI project, maybe the different steps like your, uh, the services exploration, the prepare phase, the realized phase and deploy. Maybe could you explain a bit more on that or uh, expand on top of that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, you need to um, you need to have a good use case, right? You can either, I mean, either a customer approach us not says, I, "I have a good idea, I would like to to investigate it in," or um, I mean, on the other hand, we can also um, do do a kind of discovery workshop um, where we propose some some use cases we implemented already, or we show the, give a portfolio overview and and then brainstorm from there what potential use cases could be, right? And um, the next step would then be that you, um, when you have identified good use cases, that you um, do a separate workshop where you um, try to understand the business problem. I mean, the customer usually knows the problem, but I don't. So I would like to understand what the problem is, how the process looks like, where the pain points are, and what the process to be is in an ideal world. Where do we want to end up? Right. Right. Uh, next step would then be to already dive into the the data understanding to so see what what kind of um, data sources can we can we use um, out of these data sources what are potential input features input information you can use for the model um, and also a bit what is the data structure do I have special cases I need to consider separately or um, I mean, th- there's a lot of going into um, if the business process has special cases or looks very particular, uh, then you need to implement it also in the data operation or need to you need to have some mechanism to cope with this, right? Um, and having done that, having understood the data and the process, you can go into the architecture discussions. I mean, usually the architecture is is the easier part. Um, depends on the. AI solution you want to use in the end, um, but if you use, use a cloud-based solution, usually you usually have APIs which you can integrate almost anywhere, so it's, it's really not that much of a problem. Um, but also, you m- might want to store the, the data the AI model proposes, and there are different scenarios, and, and yeah, you need to discuss this, right? um, So after the architecture workshop, this can be before you start with the project, could it be also um, after. I mean, if you do prototype, you maybe can postpone the architecture discussion until later. Um, but then you can, when the prototype on the pilot, you can start with the actual modeling. So um, I usually propose to use the um, CRISPM so the cross-industry standard process for data mining, and that goes very well hand in hand with the agile approach, Andrea as mentioned. So you can have um, you have iterations where you start from the data understanding, do the data preparation, from there you do the modeling, and then you do the evaluation. And, and if the if the result is good, you're, you're you're fine, and uh, usually you iterate this several times. So you go back to the understanding and look at the data, where did I make a mistake, or um, why security not 99% or what, whatnot? Um, right, yeah, and having done the prototype, you can think about the next steps. Successful pilot, for example, follow up with a pilot, and talk again about integration aspects. Right? So that would be the, the basic steps.
0: Okay, okay wonderful i think that is that gives a, a good picture about where we are uh, getting into the conversation of today's topic uh, so let let us take a quick uh, break and then come back and continue our conversation there all right uh, welcome back so now now that we understood like what is the what are the different Uh, steps involved in an AI project, the basic steps that you have explained, Daniel. Uh, Let us take it a bit more further and understand the different data science tools that are used in an AI project or in the implementation phase, whether it is non-SAP third-party tools or SAP tools. I know there are uh, quite a lot of different tools that are coming in from these different uh, packages that we have.
2: uh... Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it depends a little bit on the on this on the SAP product we want to use in the end. I mean, for example, if you say I want to use the HANA analytic library, um, then we would be in a date in a yeah in a database environment. So I would try to do most of the of, of my job of, of the work within and within the database. So mainly using the SQL. Um, but that is not how I usually work because usually um, we use one of the um, um, cloud-based API and machine learning services. So we have the AI business services, and um, two services I use a lot is the SAP Data Attribute Recommendation Service and the um, Service to Intelligence Service. And uh, those are yeah AI services. A set um, you can control or um, use consume via API calls, and for those you need to upload the, the trend data directly as a CSV file and so you need to export the data anyway and in this case um it, it's it's different so if, if beforehand we know that the data we are going to work with is uh, several hundred megabytes then then i'm fine to load it directly into into python and, and pandas and data frames and do all the data preparation filtering and so on over there however i had customers where the data volume is is, is really enormous and for those customers i mean they're they're Solutions. One one solution was that we replicated the data into a Hana Cloud environment. Then I did a lot of pre um, pre filtering and reduction of the data using SQL code, and then extracting that and then continuing working in, in Python. Um, I mean, you should try to. To keep everything in one place, um, to keep it simple and, and easy and nice to to follow through the steps, but it's it's I mean it's not always possible. Um, and then you could then you should think about yes I could I could do this preprocessing in SQL, but maybe it's nicer if we do it in Python, right? Um, although it's slower. So you have to yeah you have to you have to see what you do where, but yeah, um, yeah um, that's this just just a couple you have to make right um I mean. Once you have done the data preparation, um, I mean the API testing, I, I usually use Postman or Insomnia. So some some API development tools you can use. We also have SDKs for those AI business services you can reuse. Um, that yeah, then you can also call that from Python, and that that also works. Um, Sometimes I build um, models in in um, in PAL anyway to get the feature importance. So if if I have a model um, or if 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 some if I have some features and I want to figure out um, do I need all of them, I I need some tool that gives me feature importance. Um, it could do that with um, the predictive analytics library, for example, um, would be one way to do
0: that. Uh, anything else I can think of? I think, the, I think these are the tools, yeah, I, okay. I usually work okay. with. Yeah, you start with the data preparation and the data acceleration and then building the, yeah, uh, deploying the models and other things. Okay. Uh, Andreas, do you want to add uh, something additional on this, um, uh, on the data science tools that we are leveraging here?
1: Well, one thing um, might be worth to mention sometimes, I'm also aware um, that the colleagues are using, of course, is to, to set up and build... Um, Complex pipelines is using data intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also something as a data science data pipeline platform that we're going to use um, for our machine learning uh, projects. But the the way usually is as as Daniel describes that the working data preparation with those tools um, in the database, um, with Python um, uh, tools, and, and then see how the this um, training can be done uh, or how this data can be used for the training steps via via Postman. And then once you're clear with the model, then you look how the integration could be done in the end.
0: Okay, so we don't yeah, need, yeah, right. yeah, we don't need um, to use it, any other third party uh, uh, ML ops platform because we got our data intelligence platform or the AI Foundation platform, right? Right. Sorry, Daniel, you're, you're talking about something here. here.
2: Yes, uh, I just wanted to add. I mean, um, this was the implementation part. Of course, when you talk about integration, um, mm-hmm. that, that's that's another topic. Um, that's also you have to keep in mind while doing this. And I mean, if if you want, for example, the the API call to be done from an, an S four system or from from some above environment, then all the data preprocessing steps you're doing and everything needs to be copied or needs to be feasible by ABAP coding. I mean, usually this works, but just keep it in mind, whatever you do, you need to be able to reproduce this by whatever calls the inference in the end. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in data intelligence, we are good because we have all the Python coding environment there are available, so that's that's fine. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then um, Daniel, as a continuation into this conversation, maybe we can go a bit more uh, uh deeper into this uh, i try to understand the basic prerequisites before we go into an example maybe could you uh, can we talk a bit more about the basic prerequisites that are needed when we are uh, kind of implementing this um, ai project uh, at, a, at a customer
2: yeah yeah sure um i mean i already mentioned it before a little bit you need a use case and the use case is, is should, should be good right <laughs> um how, how do you get to a good use case is a good question and um how how do you evaluate the quality of the use case, right? So as as I said, you can do discovery workshop. Um we bring some use cases, give an overview of m l try to keep it simple, and usually customer also has some proposals. And then at the end of the workshop, everybody has one, two, three votes on the use cases, and then you have have just an, an impression of how how valuable the, the use case or how yeah desirable the use case seems to be. Um, Then you can do a more technical workshop follow up where, as I said, you talk about uh, the data sources and and try to understand a bit more detail. And from that discussion, you are, or I'm usually in in the position to evaluate the use case from a more technical perspective. So, is this really an ML use case? So, so the questions like can this problem be solved by rules? Can you write FL spaghetti code to solve this? the answer is yes, it's maybe not the best use case um, for machine learning. And um, to measure the quality of the use case, you should think about the potential business value you're talking about. I mean, you can do this very simple. Um, you can do, take a spreadsheet and think about, I want to classify let's say tickets, um, how many tickets do I have? How long does it take me to que- classify the tickets? Now let's assume I have an, an ML solution that um, is ninety percent accurate, or even let's say it's, it's very bad, let's say sixty percent. Uh, do I still derive value from that? Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can also get a, get a, a range of the of the um, accuracy the model should have in the end. Um, so mm-hmm. that just that just to to evaluate the use case. So first thing I said, you need a good use case. Second thing is you need a subject matter expert. So somebody that knows the process in and out um, and somebody that, needs the, uh, that knows the data as well. I mean, ideally it's the same person, it can be two persons, um, but you, you need this person because it is the person you're deriving all the information from. Whenever something goes wrong, the first person I go to is this person and, and ask him um, why, why this fails or what do you think of this case um, or this example? Um, and then you need data of course. and. When I say data, I mean you have you have the volume of data, you need sufficient volume, of course. That depends on the use case as well, what this precisely should be. It needs to have good quality. Um, by quality, I mean something like um, same input, different output. This should be avoided. And, 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 so, um, and maybe you end up um, realizing that you cannot do the project yet because you need to clean up the data first. Uh, Also for cleaning up data or in particular master data, um, you can also deploy machine learning. So maybe you do a a machine learning project first to clean up the master data and follow up with a real case afterwards could also be. And having data in enough volume and quality also need labels. By this, I mean, you need to know what the outcome should be for each case. And so by these examples, the, the model can be trained. And now we have a use case. We have a perfect subject matter expert who knows all the answers to all the questions I have, and we have great data. Um, We need to decide on rough architecture, at least uh, what kind of product we should
0: deploy the solution on. Mm -hmm. And then we're good to go, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Good, I think um, on the aspect of data, do you want to, uh, or or, uh, the aspect of uh, providing an example, do you want to talk a, a little more on that, Andreas, or? yeah
1: maybe why not so if it comes to to the prerequisites um take us an example our side by side solutions the cash application right so what do you have to check then um if a customer has decided or is interested using um the solution what do we have to do so here's um all the steps that um and, and topics that daniel um discussed is are also valid right so the use case has been identified but then a few things to add. So um, you have to be clear, which is the release levels? Is this all in place, right? Are the releases um, the right ones? Are the service packs the right ones so that you can use this um, application? Um, Typically, customer has several different release levels in the end, right? So you have to also to find a system with relevant data that you can use to train. Um, that is the other thing, sometimes also not difficult. You have to make clear that the um, system has filled with correct data in that sense that the uh, the customer has used a process that we will find the um, training data that is needed to train the model for such a solution for such a scenario and then of course you have to make up the connection of such a customer system to our cloud so that it can really run side by side as we call it so um this yeah this needs some some, somehow some some aspects on an openness to cloud computing which um, is getting more and more standard i would say right but it was also uh, some time back it was a little more discussion around that right but it's still still something that you at least have to take into account that you have to connect your um, your system to the cloud and then use the side-by-side scenarios this is also something um, that you have to check and then um, of course all the other things um, the subject matter experts from From a customer who is then able to verify if the proposals that have been made um, um, by by the systems are valid if this is following if everything um, follows then the process that um, the customer is following as well right so this is something that needs to be clarified also in front of in, And in these cases also, um, to clarify what is the business value, what is the saving, what is the automation rate in the end, and then it comes directly to, to the point who is then affected from all of that. If it comes to discuss these kinds of um, business value, this is also something, yeah, prerequisites, but also things to, to, to think about at the beginning um, of such a project. But technically, so um, releases, Contracts, by the way, also something right that we uh, ask what kind of um, contract constructor can be used for all that. Um, and then you're ready to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And I believe like uh, irrespective of the data where it is coming in from, whether it is the business technology platform or the hyperscalers, uh, we are good to kind of get this data and make the appropriate connections when we are building or implementing these solutions, right? Okay. Yes. Yes. Perfect, so
1: maybe I think,
0: yep. So let us take a quick break and then come back and continue our conversation. Okay. All right, uh, welcome back. So now that we've discussed about the different stages involved in an AI project, we also understood the basic uh, data science tools that are needed and the prerequisites. Uh, maybe Daniel, can you provide some kind of uh, guidelines and principles while implementing an AI project for a particular use case in our in a end-to-end process so that our audience can get a feel of uh, the, the process and the guidelines that are needed in, in this?
2: Yeah. L- let me distinguish two cases at first, right? So um, we, we have customers that have a data science machine learning team and that has free capacity, and they're approaching us. And I mean, this is not the case I'm, I'm talking about here. I mean, those usually have questions like, uh, "What product should we use? What platform should we use? How does integration work? Authorizations, and, and so on." So this is more an advisory role, and not really, not not, not doing the prototype or pilot, not developing it, developing the product, right? So um, let's let's assume we are we are asked to provide some machine learning solution right. So um, that that means that the customer either has no data science machine learning capacity available, um, or it's maybe even the first machine learning project, right. And here we want to, um, we want to make sure that after the prototype, we have a successful pilot and ever follow up, um, we, we want to avoid that you do you do a lot of activity and, and then the, the project for some reason does not continue. And, and there's some some, I think, principles or of things that, that worked good in, in the in the projects I was involved in. And, and um, yeah, so, some of the thoughts or principles I had was um, uh, the, the following. So, so first of all, you should, when selecting a use case, already start to pick a simple use case. And by, by simple, I mean from a machine learning perspective. You should try to do something that is either a classification problem or regression problem that means you're in the supervised learning scenario. Right? Um, I mean, the, the next complex example would be clustering, I guess. Um, and I mean, I did clustering uh, prototypes. And the problem with clustering is usually that you cannot automate this. You cannot build a solution that uses clustering um, without any data science user input. But, um, you can use it as a, as a step to, I don't know, provide labels for a classification problem, but you cannot use it by, by itself usually, not in a productive environment in, in any way. So try to try to start with simple projects um, and then remove complexity from all other components I mean when you think of um, machine learning projects there's not only the machine learning coding that is maybe what comes f- to your mind at first place how many layers do you need to a neural network um, high the parameter tuning and so on this is this is actually the the smallest part. Um, I mean there are, there are other things a big part we already talked about is the data collection the data preparation understanding the use case at all. Well. Um, but there's more. There's the serving infrastructure, monitoring, and, and so on. And this is why I usually recommend the A business services on our BTP platform, because they cover all of that. You have the server infrastructure that verifies the data when you upload the data and, and stuff like that. So this that is a way to remove complexity from the use case from the project. Um then you should also be um then you should also do the business assessment. You should um at least sketch out the potential business value as explained earlier. Um, if you do this beforehand, you you know what benchmark you have to get, and then then you can lay out clearly. Okay, we we have the security that means we can whatever your metric is save this much time, save this with money, what what whatever the metric is. Um, and uh, this is these are things you do before the 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 project during the project. Um, what i like to do is for every iteration whenever i train the model i also have a small selection 50 100 maybe thousand um individual cases which i send to the model and write down the prediction and then i also check if this if this is correct or not i mean because we are working in a supervised scenario i usually know the outcome and i can compare the the outcome i know to the prediction of the model and this is a file i share with the customer and then we go through the cases which fail and by doing this, I understand what is missing, maybe a, a dimension is missing, or if you don't have this information, um, then it doesn't work. And the customer also understands better how the how the model works, how the A works, and then they get more confidence and um, understand the, the process and the model better. And, and uh, yeah, so we, we're learning from each other, so to say, this is this is very good, I think. Um, now, it, it might be that the data is, is difficult, the problem is difficult, and you don't have a very good accuracy. And what you can do then is the model also returns you uh, confidence, uh, that means how certain the model is that the prediction is correct. And you can try to leverage this this confidence. You can deploy a threshold um, where you say I want to take prediction of the model where the confidence is over eighty percent, for example. And using this, you can reduce the errors if the errors are very expensive, um, and you want to avoid them at all costs. You can deploy a higher confidence, um, and then you can do partial automation. Right? Let's say the accuracy is 60%, but then you cannot deploy the model. But you could say, okay, I only deploy the model for, for cases where it's very certain, and then you can maybe automate 30% with zero errors or very little errors and, and still have a benefit out of the model. And also what you should do is um, write on the confusion matrix and look at it. Because by looking at the confusion matrix, you can often see that categories are not well-defined and you maybe need to rework your process to refine the categories. And then in the end, you get a better model. So you really have a reinforcing loop You You build the model that gives you information on the business process and how to improve it. You improve the process and get a better model in the end. So yeah, you, you can yeah iterate and get better over time. Perfect. Um,
0: yeah, go on, I think, uh, sorry, I think, uh, yeah, that's a that's a great way I think you have put, I think the complete process and the guidelines. Uh, any additional thoughts you want to put there, uh, Daniel? I, I think that's it, yeah. That's <laughs> it. Okay, okay, good. So Andreas, do you want to add anything on top of this? I think I know the guidelines and the principles which uh, Daniel laid out in the process of implementing this AI projects, and that of course is explained. Uh, any additional thoughts mm-hmm. you would like to add on that?
1: yeah maybe maybe one thing that we also often asked and um we we, we should uh, try also to to think about it in the project um in in the planning so um, one all, all we described right we have the the you have all the steps for the training of the model etc for the deployment um but the thing is then how does this thing live over the time right so data might change process might change how do you organize in the retraining process um how does this model learn this is then what customers are often asked and um, the other thing is so whom you are going to hand this over right who is going to look um after all these things after the model after the, the maintenance of this model as well um, these are also things um one, one of the principles that you should also address and we uh, do address at the yeah at an early stage of the project as well so he's who is going to take over um, how is the uh, retraining organized who understands the pipeline that has been implemented and so on um, so these things so thinking then the project also let's say from the end um, um, once the the, the first um, initial version has been Yeah, successfully implemented and trained and then what is then over the time right um how do you then um, retrain how is this in the um dev test prod scenario how is the organization so these things the more operational things i think are also then valid and helpful and often asked of course by the customers right so how are we going to handle this then in the end
0: Mm -hmm. so of course obviously you need to do a proper transition to the, right. on the customer right. side of the things of right. who's gonna maintain this, what is the, right. so, how do they monitor yeah. these models and then yeah. get the results back in some scenarios, you might have to do the fine tuning of these models as well. Yeah. Okay. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So this is kind of the foundation of the scaling, right? In the end, so we have this maybe first model, um, but it might then scale over the organization and the customer. It should grow during the time. Um, um, all these kind of things. We set the foundation with such a with such a, um, a project for the further scaling out and for the usage and the life cycle.
0: Perfect. Awesome. I think wonderful. Uh, So uh, maybe we'll uh, take a quick uh, break and then we come back and uh, continue our conversation. Okay. Okay, Welcome back. So now, now that we understood uh, at a high level, the project, the different basic steps that are needed, the data science tools. We also understood about the prerequisites. We also talked about the guiding principles and the complete. ML lifecycle management. Uh, I know you folks have worked on a lot of these customer projects. Maybe Daniel, could you provide some? And I believe you might have faced real-time challenges while implementing these projects and experiences or some thoughts on that aspects.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, one point which came up earlier. It's it's getting less and less nowadays. Is using a cloud solution. So customers have very sensitive data and don't want to um, use any cloud solution. This this is less and less of an issue, I I think. Um, Customers are more open to to cloud solutions, so that that is good. Um, A thing, um, or Andreas also mentioned already is that we are asked to um, to project a, a target accuracy. So, what what will accuracy will we reach in the end? And I mean, there are so many factors that influence this. There's usually no way to tell this upfront. I mean, what you can do is you can use the the use case evaluation you did, and you can you can see where you end up having this and the accuracy, and um, then you in the end you you know for for effect this use case is uh, is worth it or not because we reached the accuracy or not. Um, but you cannot promise anything beforehand in um, regards to this. Um, the the lifecycle management we discussed uh, right right before this question. This is also interesting. Um, customers ask for automatic improvement. So will the model improve over time? And from an algorithmic perspective, there are very few algorithms that um, improve by using them um, automatically. Um, so rather you have to collect training data, schedule it retraining, and then you have by providing more data on more recent data, you usually have an improvement of the model. But this is also something I would not usually recommend to automatically put live. Um, I mean, let's let's assume you have uh, you have a new employee that is learning the processes and makes mistakes naturally because he's new and learning the processes or you have an intern. Um, then you have faulty data. And I mean, if this happens a lot, this might degrade your, your accuracy. So mm-hmm. I would usually recommend to have a monitoring at least the first, I don't know, six iterations or so to see if the accuracy actually improves. Um, you also might have short-term events, um, for example, um, disruption of the supply changes or floods or so. Um, and if you put this training uh, data into training it might also change your model accuracy in the end. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to the next topic. how How do you react to short time events? Uh, mm-hmm. for example, due to the flooding you I don't know a plant is not available. You need to um, use another plant. Um, how, how do you deal with that? You usually have uh, have application logic that calls the machine learning model. Uh, I talked earlier about the threshold. That is something where you could um, put such a logic in place, right um, Where you could yeah catch these cases. Um but yeah, that is something you need to put a lot of thought into before you can, yeah, use that. Um, what we also mentioned is this agile approach um, that usually doesn't go too well hand-in-hand with uh, having a very strict timeline.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, you, we can say until this date, we can do three iterations, we can do five iterations, but as we don't know the accuracy upfront, I don't know what kind of data and and, and things we discover in the data, we are not really sure, we, can, we cannot promise that, um, I mean, I mean the worst case is you you reach the end of the timeline have done x iterations but you have so many things you still want to do and you can have so many things you can still improve the data and but there's there's not not time to do that right um
0: okay okay yeah. wonderful i think uh that's really helpful to understand the different kind of challenges that you face while uh, working on these different experiences or customer projects. Uh, any additional thoughts from your end, uh, Andreas, on these different projects or yeah, uh, real-time challenges? Maybe,
1: maybe, some, maybe some so close to what um, Dania said, right? I mean, this kind of awareness that um, a machine learning scenario solution is not a deterministic one, right? That is some, um, You sometimes you have to discuss at least to explain um, how the project goes and as Daniel said right to um, you cannot promise um, an end result you can promise the cycles um, how, how many of them you will run etc iterations or experiments so that is something that you can discuss but in the end you have to be clear it's not a, a deterministic approach like a migration or so right very right. clear a timeline okay. and an outcome and so on that is different um, what helps in this is also that you try to have a look at the complete process once you see um yeah you reach maybe an, an accuracy of uh, uh, not ex- lower than expected value right so that you have a look at the overall process and see what kind of workarounds what kind of um, semi-automations you can achieve with that so having this kind of discussion then or opening the discussion here that is something that also yeah, it's beneficial for both customers and also that you can bring this solution as it is um, also to, to a good usage for the customer. Uh, the other thing um, you, I think you cannot, or should not forget, there's always a human factor in that. Um, mm-hmm. So there are people who are um, um, as we also said, who are experts in that area that at least are supported now by a machine so their um, um, intellectual knowledge is not replaced but it is supported let's say by a machine and um, that is sometimes things yeah, that you have to 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 take as in considerations, so or that could be challenge, challenges. Challenges, um, these kind of things, and then another one, um, especially in the in the finance area, discussed briefly um, before the the cash app, right? In, in such a scenario where the machine is also um, or could do then an automatic booking in the end, right? Of course, mm-hmm. a customer wants to know and understand why this has been done, and they have to. Um, explain why such a thing has been done so in that in such an um, environment in such a a use case so explain explanation AI is a very important topic so what are the features selected Um, what why such a decision has been taken Um, so so that the customer is also clear for this kind of explanation and so these are some yeah challenges experience um things to keep in mind if it comes to to such a project which always um faces towards automation at least to our experience and we like to automate uh, a specific step there's always a human factor in that as well you have to transparency um to handle this according our experience is the best way to 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 work with that
0: right right no i really i really uh, like the way you put it uh andreas about the human factor i think more often than not, I think uh, we we kind of we tend to forget about that, but I think that has to be mm-hmm. well taken care of. And how do we kind of make sure that this is uh, understood well and implemented? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. and especially for that, we are really also very happy that we offer and have also in place a trustworthy AI policy, right? Which um, right. guides you, a bit, which gives you some explanations. Um, that is really helpful and beneficial um, as a guideline also for for our for our projects.
0: Perfect. Okay, well, let us take a quick break and then come back and do our uh, closing remarks. Uh, it's uh, really a pleasure talking with you folks. All right, uh, so welcome back. I know we are at the end of the session. It was a great uh, conversation with you folks, uh, Andreas and Daniel. Uh, so, maybe Andreas, uh, to start with you, I think do you want to provide some closing remarks so that our audience uh, who are listening in too, can understand some things around uh, the AI project flow in the context of a enterprise work.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. First of all, I would like to thank the audience for listening in and um, staying tuned for that uh, podcast. Um, I hope it got a bit clear how we approach as SAP our customers with AI and machine learning. Yes, it's a uh, an approach that might be different from, from others with other technologies. But um, I think an important thing is for everybody to be clear, we have um, a good product base, right, that we can use, as Daniel mentioned, with the AI uh, business. with take a lot of the work. We have our side-by-side scenarios that we can attach to our S4, keeping the core clean um, with additional functionality. So that is something I think important also for our customers. And uh, the other thing here to mention is then um, we have clear guidelines, clear guidance for such projects with our service offerings in the end so that um, everybody who is um, interfacing with a customer can use this material for first info session. Um, Always reach out to us, of course, if you like to, if you can support such a session. Um, so to introduce our way, our, our AI technologies, create awareness outside with our customers for our solutions, for our service offerings that we have. Um, always happy to provide this kind of, um, information one to one in customer sessions, um, wherever. So, but I think it's important we as a company, we are ready with AI technologies. We are ready to supply, to support and run the, see these projects. Um, and, um, let's go and bring this to life at our customer base.
0: Thank you, Andreas. And over to you, Daniel. Any closing remarks from your end?
2: Yeah, as, as Andreas said, thank you very much for listening. I hope it was interesting. Um, if, if you're a customer and want to do a use case with the recommender systems, um, I would highly be interested in in doing that together with you. Um, otherwise, um, don't don't feel intimidated as I try to convey, start with a simple project and work from there. Um, that's my recommendation. Yeah, thanks.
0: Perfect. Thank you, I think uh, it's been awesome uh, talking with you both, uh, Andreas and Daniel. Thank you both. Bye-bye. Thank you very much.
1: Bye.
0: All right, let us now wrap up this uh, session three. And I would like to first uh, thank our guests Sir Andreas Kerger and Daniel for the time that they took and explaining the various uh, stages in an AI project flow and they have provided a lot of their customer experiences while implementing or while designing and implementing these projects. We had some detailed conversation about how a particular use case or a particular scenario can be implemented starting with the data exploration phase and the data collection phase, and then going into the experimentation phase, and then how important it is to understand what kinds of data that we are getting in here and how do we do the modeling on top of that. And we also briefly talked about the deployment options. I know this is a bit more exhaustive uh, from end to end. I would also in future try to have a bit more conversations where I focus more on the predominantly the machine learning uh, lifecycle management and other things. I hope uh, we were able to address some of the key concerns during these AI projects, which you might be facing or your customers or your partners might be facing. As always, if you have uh, any feedback, feel free to reach out on my Twitter handle at rkbanda or you could send a detailed email on my work email at venkata.ragu.banda at sap.com or at my personal email, ragu.banda at insia.edu. As always, you can find these podcast sessions on any of the Google podcasts or Apple podcasts or Spotify or Anchor. Uh, you can search up my name, Raghu Banda, or you can search up... AI and machine learning applications and then you will find this podcast you might have also noticed that in the recent medium blog i was talking about the various stages of ai project flow so this podcast would help understand or ex- exp- expand your thoughts on this ai project flow i hope some of your questions might have been answered what we have been discussing during that conversation. Well, have a wonderful morning or evening wherever you are tuning in from. Happy predicting the future with AI technologies. Thank you, and stay tuned. Bye-bye.